fourth Sunday of Advent, fourth week of Advent begins. This is a season in which many of us are trying to actively, spiritually prepare for the coming of the grace of the rebirth of Christ in this world, hopefully in us at Christmas. We've talked about this week after week. Based on experience, not a theory, God owns time. God uses time in different ways in the course of the year to grow within us. Experience has shown that next week at this time, we will have begun a two-plus-week season of grace of Christmas in which God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, wants somehow for Jesus to be reborn in us. I've been working, and I know a lot of you have been working week by week during Advent to prepare for the coming of that grace. One almost full week to go. I encourage you to really be active on this this week. Some of you have told me that you intended during Advent to really be focused spiritually, but for one reason or another, it hasn't worked out. If that's the case, you can't sit around mourning that. You can't turn back time, but we have a week ahead. I encourage you to dive into this week, and I think it's quite doable spiritually uh, based on the gospel reading that we just heard. We pick up in that gospel reading where we left off on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Starting on the 17th of December in our liturgical tradition, we start focusing on the people who actually experienced the birth of Jesus about 2,000 years ago, their experience of his coming into their lives. So you probably know all this. And there are two, two of the Gospels tell us things about the birth of Jesus. The Gospel of Matthew only has eight verses about events before his birth. The Gospel of Luke has a full chapter, the first chapter, 80 verses, telling us about events preceding the birth of Jesus. If you and I enter into that first chapter of Luke this week, you can just focus on the Gospel passage we heard, you can take the whole chapter, you can click online or come to Mass and follow the passage from Luke 1 each day of this week. If we put ourselves into the position of the people in this chapter, into whose lives Jesus comes, I think we can be confident we're cooperating with Advent. So, Feast of the Immaculate Conception, we heard that the angel Gabriel comes to this woman named Mary and tells her that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow her and she is going to become the mother of God's child. This child is going to be great, and he is going to have a reign, a kingdom that will never end. We talked about this on that feast. Mary is fearful. She's troubled. She has very good questions about how this is possible. She receives some direct answers from the angel, but those answers aren't nearly enough to grasp this whole truth. She's back and forth with the angel, and the angel even gives her some evidence of how God is working. The angel says that her cousin Elizabeth, an older woman who has not been able to have children, now is in her sixth month of pregnancy, for nothing will be impossible with God. The scripture writer doesn't say that Mary is clear, that she's feeling anything whatsoever other than trouble and fear, doesn't say that she's got this all together. It says that she responds, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. That is faith. That's the faith of the first and greatest disciple of Jesus Christ. At that point, she hears from the angel, this is God's truth. This is what God wants you to do. And she responds by saying, yes, let it happen the way you say. That's faith. 
From the moment Jesus is conceived in Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit, he comes into her life. He comes into her life. God wants Jesus to grow in Mary. Mary wants Jesus to grow in her. So what does she do right after this? If you can enter into this, if you want Jesus to be reborn in you at Christmas, and certainly he does want to be reborn in you, look at Mary, what does she do, and what are parallels in your life moving forward? I'll give you three ideas to get you going. First reality, right after this experience of the Annunciation, Mary goes to find out whether what the angel has told her is true. She goes to Elizabeth to find out for herself that what has been told to her is God's truth is real. You might say, well, obviously she does that. Maybe that is true about Mary. Maybe because she is so holy, she goes straight away to find out if what she's been told is God's truth is real. But that's not the case by any means for everyone into whom Jesus comes. It's certainly not for me. You and I come here week by week, and we hear through the teaching of the church, we hear through the scripture, very graspable teachings of Jesus. You don't have to be incredibly smart. I'm not. You don't have to be a mystic. I'm not. To hear week after week, here is God's truth through Jesus in this area, this area, this area. I don't know that these things I'm told are necessarily true until I go to find out if they're real. So I've come to this church with my messed up marriage, and I've been told over and over, Jesus teaches clearly, how often must I forgive without limit? I've heard that over and over again. I know that that is supposed to be the truth directly from Jesus Christ. Do that mean that I leave here in my marriage and actually go and try it to forgive more and to forgive more. I will only know if that truth is real if I go and do it. You following me? I am told through our faith tradition, I can tell you this, if you will substantially cut back this week on your use of social media, and if you will dedicate that time whether it's in action or reflection, to anything that's holy, anything whatsoever, you will become a stronger, more confident, more meaningful human being. I tell you that's the truth. Many of you have done that. I'm telling you, it's absolutely the truth. The only way that you will know whether that proposed truth is real is if you get up and do it. I tell you that if you spend 20 minutes per day, just this one week of your life, focused on that scripture passage, you will be a more confident person as we enter into Christmas. I tell you, that's the truth. I've done it. I did it last week. I'm already ahead of you on this. Many of you do this. I'm telling you, it's absolutely the truth. The only way you will know that's real is if you get up and do something about it. If you sacrifice more of your time, your talent, and your treasure, if you sacrifice more to do God's will 
in this community through 2022, I guarantee you, you will be a more fulfilled person in 2023. Hundreds of us have done this. I'm, I'm telling you just straight out truth. Thousands of us in this community have done this. It's absolutely the truth. There's no way that you're gonna know if that truth is real unless you get up and do it. Mary gets up and she goes to find out if what she is told is God's truth is real. So looking ahead to this grace of Christmas coming, do you, would you like to be that kind of a person? Just reflect on that this week. Do you intend to be that kind of a person? That could be the continuation of a Christmas list for you, for God, for all of us. Secondly, in that passage, the gospel writer goes to the detail of saying that Mary travels in haste to get to Elizabeth. So Mary, who's pursuing, finding out if this is real, she travels in haste. She travels in haste. She doesn't delay. She's not lazy. She moves. She really gets moving. So here's what I invite you to do with number two. Why do you think she travels in haste? Why do you personally think Mary travels in haste? You need to spend some time to come up with a sincere answer. And I'd encourage you this week in your prayer to ask God and to ask Mary for some wisdom on that. Why does she travel in haste? As God's plan is unfolding in her life, as the Savior is coming into this world, as she's told things that she can't naturally know yet are true, why does she travel in haste? If you spend some time with that and you come up with any answer, including if you just have an intellectual answer, whatever your personal insight is, are there parallels in your life right now where you are similarly moving in haste as a growing disciple of Jesus? Those are to be celebrated. What are ways in which, when you have some insight into why Mary moves with haste, you're similar? And if you have any insight into, eh, I'm really not living that way, blessed are you. If you can recognize in her, into whom Jesus has come, I could be like that and I'm not like that, that could be another great thing on your list for you to cooperate by getting moving more. Third and finally, Mary in that passage lives a deep communion with Elizabeth in God. When she gets to Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit is moving within both of them. The children are moving within both of them. When she gets there, they both share with one another and read the rest of the chapter. They share with one another what's going on, how God is moving in their lives. They presumably have lots of questions for one another and lots of answers. They stay together for three months. The scripture says Mary remains with Elizabeth for three months and then returns home. Mary is there three months later. That's the birth of John the Baptist. They make the choice to share with this other person how God is moving, how the plan is unfolding, how salvation is being born into both of them. I invite you to consider who are the people, even if it's just one person, with whom you currently share a communion in God, where you are in fact talking about your faith, where you're sharing what's going on, where you're asking questions and pursuing answers. Who is the person or who are the people with whom you currently have that relationship? As we get toward Christmas, 
man, that is not to be underestimated. Those people, if they exist, they are in fact the most important people in your life. If people you would like to be in that place are not there, but somebody is, that may be the most important person in your life. Jesus is born and is reborn through relationships. We are meant to be sharing all of this very actively with one another. So if you recognize a person or people for whom that's parallel in your life, be grateful to God. You may want to say something additional to that person or those people. And if you don't have anyone in your life with whom you have an active communion in God, like Mary and Elizabeth, stick around and look around. Thank you for listening. To learn more and to get involved, go to stpatrickparish.com.